0: Restoring Place Church, the church of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Dream Center, is a place where we make disciples of Christ, teach and train them to live as children of God, and to thrive in who He created them to be. We believe that this is the best time on earth to be alive, to experience the end-time harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. Get ready to be renewed, recharged, and restored, to go out and take the gospel to your world. Let's join our service already in progress.
1: Church means the body. To be in the body, you'd have to be born into His kingdom. Amen. And and, and our house here, getting for you to become born again is not your destination. It's your beginning point. It's your launching point. Amen. It's where you begin your eternal life with God. We're going to be on this earth for as long as we are. And then we're going to go into the next realm. And as we, as we become born again, our, our future in God's kingdom begins at that day. Amen. And we go from this life into the next one. It's just like walking through a door for us. We're not, we're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of storms. We're not afraid of sickness and disease. We're not afraid of the things the world's afraid of. We trust God. Amen. There's opportunities to fear. There's opportunities to doubt. If we catch ourselves down in God, grab yourself by the ear and say, come on, get your life in gear here now. <laughs> <clears throat> trust God. You know, the thing about God that you can trust is the fact that he's never lied. Never lie. Hallelujah. He only tells the truth. This is his truth. Amen. Jesus said, Lord, separate the body of Christ from this world. And I ask you to take him out. You know, God didn't get saved and jerk us out of here. He leaves us in here to effect the change and the cure on this earth Amen. to Amen. go do what he did. Jesus didn't go back to be with the Father until his work was complete. He doesn't want us to do do this any different. He wants us to complete what we've been called to do. And each of us has a calling. Unless the Lord tells me, I'm not sure what your calling is. Sometimes I can sort of tell, but we all have to seek God for what he's asked us to do. If he feels like he's called you here, then jump in 100 miles an hour. Because one of Pastor Sherry's favorite scriptures is, Look, Jesus is talking to his disciples, look, take a look. The harvest is huge and ripe, but there's not enough harvesters to bring it in. So plead to the Lord of the harvest, that's God. Plead with him that he would thrust. Like, we want God to grab Him by the shirt, sling Him in to the harvest. Thrust them so that we may, may receive the harvest. Now, in, in, in Jesus' day, and when this was written, most of the harvesting was done by hand. And if you had two hands, you could harvest an amount of two hands. If you had 10 people, you could harvest an amount of 20 hands. They didn't have combines and big uh, farm equipment to haul acres every 10 minutes out. I mean, it was work. And if you didn't get the harvest out of the fields, it would rot. And if we don't get the harvest out of this earth in God's kingdom, they will die. God's made a way for him. He's opened the door for all humanity to come in to enter into kingdom on this earth in his kingdom. We don't have to wait to get to heaven till the promises come to us. The promises are for now, yes and amen. Jesus displayed what it was like to live in the kingdom on this earth, on this earth that his will would come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. He told us to declare that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus displayed himself as the Father on this earth. He only did what the Father told him to do. He only said what he heard the Father say, he only went where the Father told him to go. And he was talking to his disciples in John 14 and telling them, He says, now I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for it. And the way I'm going, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. But from now on, you've known him and you've seen him, the Father. Philip said, Lord, just show us a Father. We'll be satisfied. He says, how long have you known me, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say, show us a Father? Don't you believe that I'm living in my Father and my Father's living in me? The words I speak, they're not my own. They come from the Father. And he's the one that does a miracle, signs and wonders through me. And if you believe on me, the same works I do, you would do in greater works. Don't you believe that I'm living in the Father and the Father's living in me? And if we believe him, what he teaches us, we'll go do what he did. Amen. Amen. He went about displaying the kingdom of God on this earth. You didn't have to wait until you get the promised land, which is heaven. And the children of Israel, they were to receive the promised land. Let me, let me clean that up because I made it sound like that's the promised land. For the children of Israel, they were taken out of bondage into a land that was just enough to get by every day. It was all, they need, all their needs were met. But they were going to a land that flowed with milk and honey. That was a passage between being in bondage and living in the promised land. And the promised land was not heaven, it was heaven on earth with covenant with God. And they went through a place of the wilderness. But it was not their stopping place. It was the place they were going through. And even, even if it was a place of toughness, even though he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God's with me. And he took them out of bondage into the promised land. The problem is the day the church has been taken out of bondage, but they're stuck in the, in the, in the, in the wasteland. They're not entered into the promised land. And we say, well, the promised land is for heaven and the sweet by and by when all the promises of God come to pass. No, they've already come to pass. <clears throat> the promises of God came to pass when he declared them. Woo! They come to pass in our life when we act on them in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's a faith-filled God. Amen. And, I, and I mentioned before, this is his word and every word of it's true. It's true for you and I, whether we ever walk in it or not. Mm. Jesus said this, he, he talked to him, uh, the disciples about the parable of the sower. And the sower was the one that went out and sowed the word of God. Do you notice that the same seed was sown in four different areas, but the harvest or the uh, germination of the seed and the fruit thereof was not based on the seed, but on the soil, on On the the condition of the soil that was received it. And you and I are like soil for the word of God. Our heart is where God sows his word. And the condition of our or whether we're hard or with the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches richest land, or we get offended because of the word, or if we're good seed, and we're good soil, we allow the seeds to grow in our heart, Amen. we have a harvest, some 30, 60, 100 fold. He called us as believers to go do something. Amen. Every one of us, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, he's got a calling on our life to be disciples of him, to be like him. and we put this up here, he said in Matthew 29, now all the authority in the heaven and earth have been given to me, now you go in my authority. You go in that authority and make disciples of all nations and teach them to faithfully follow every command I've given you. Whatever command Jesus gave the early disciples is our command. Whatever he told them to do, he's telling us to do. So we have a place on this earth to fulfill his vision and his plan, the vision that God gave us for this house and this outreach. You see, the the church was first birth and then inside King's Kitchen from the ministry that my wife and I started in 98, and it was to raise up and tell people what God says about who you are and what God's going to do in your life and what are the promises he's given us so that we can walk them out. And be a light to change the world around us. Amen. So we began to partner the restaurants and the ministry together to do feeding. Well, that became a physical location, bricks and mortar, King's Kitchen. And we were uptown to be where a lot of the folks who are without homes are living. And we began to declare the truth. And we realized we need to do more than this. So we started a church. In, in, in February of 2011, no, January of 2011, we started Restoring Place Church. We've been there just a little over a year, and the Lord began to speak to us about the Dream Center, which is an outreach of a church to go into neighborhoods and go into the city. We, we've always been outside our doors. Amen. This is the largest congregation that we have inside these doors. We work in out of here in our offices, but really our work is outside of there. Amen. <clears throat> and we go to take the truth to those that need to know the truth, and you and I still need to know the truth. But we don't wait till we understand everything because we never will go out if we do because we're going to be studying and learning more about God every day in our future. Amen. Not only Amen. here on this earth, but when we go to heaven, we'll still learn more about God because he is so big Hallelujah. and he's so vast. And he, you know, the best, thing, the best thing about God is that he's extremely good.
0: Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Extremely good. Glory. If you
1: have any bad thoughts about God, you need to get rid of them because they're not God. And if you want to know what God's like, Jesus said, look at me. Because <laughs> I'm only, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. And as we study Jesus and look at the four Gospels and then everything he cast his disciples to go do his work, he went about preaching, teaching, and healing. Healing was a big part of his ministry. Why? Amen. Because it sets captives free. Amen. Amen. And everything he tells the disciples, always keep in mind, he's talking to me. I think probably one of our greatest desires here in this ministry is to make disciples. Amen. Who will go make disciples? And we'll do, when we do this church membership, uh, it's really just so you know this is your home. I don't know that you, you have to join, but we'd love to know that you're committed to it. But you have to be born again because you can't be in the church, the body of Christ, without being born again. The problem with most uh, physical locations on Sunday mornings that are church are some people are in there that are saved, some are not, and it becomes evangelistic service. And it is that's fine that we have evangelism, but even in this room, and I would like to think that everybody's saved, it's probably true that not everybody is saved. But I would want everybody here to be saved, to be born again. But more than that, I would want everyone in this room to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, where we study to be like him. (laughs) And he's the one that said, if you believe on me, then the works I do, you'll do greater works because I'm going to be with my father. In other words, he said that we would strive to be like him. In fact, he said that we would do the same miracles, He did, even greater miracles because he was going to be with the Father. He was going to send the Holy Spirit to live in us to go be like him. Amen. You know, the devil's not too smart. <laughs> he under, he, you know, God said in, in Genesis, I think it was eight, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be around. He said day and night, spring, and, spring summer, winter, fall. These, these, all these things, and, and day and night, and seed time and harvest will always remain. I think that's for an eternity. I think if you took all humanity off this earth, it's not God's will or desire whatsoever, but this thing would just grow. Things would just take over. I mean, you, you pull humanity out of downtown Charlotte and all those big buildings. It wouldn't be long before the earth engulfs it with growth and, and increase in fruit. God always grows, and he sows seeds, and he expects a harvest. And he sows seeds into your heart, he doesn't expect it to go there and not accomplish what he sent it to do. That's what Isaiah said, right? He expects his word. Now, he says, my word will not return to me void, but will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. But when that word, that seed, that word of God comes to you, if you reject it, it comes back to him just like he planned, because he planned if you take it, it's yours if you want it. But if you don't want it, you don't have to take it. There's a cost for that, not taking it. Mm. But his word is still working. Because we don't believe God doesn't change the fact that his word is true. Come on, Jesus. It just means Come that on. truth doesn't apply to our life. Come on. When God has freely given it to us because he wants us to have it. Amen. He wants you to walk in the fullness of him. Amen. He wants you to walk in divine health and prosperous life. Yes. Not, not barely getting by, but prosperous. <clears throat> and it says he gives you the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18 I said this last week. It, don't forget, it's the Lord. Your, when you get into this place, he's telling the children of Israel, when you get into this land that flows with milk and honey and new houses, you have houses you didn't build, and you have gardens you didn't plant, and you have vineyards you didn't sow, and you have uh, wells you didn't dig, and you have barns you didn't build. Don't forget, Don't. and he said houses, which is plural. Don't forget, it's the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth to establish his covenant. Amen. Now you could say, well, that's for the children of Israel. And then I'm glad you brought that up. Because Galatians 3.29 says, and if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Whatever promise God gave Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the children of Israel belongs to you and me. Because we belong to Christ. You find a promise in the the Bible, it's yours through Christ. And nobody can stop it from coming to pass. (laughs) Nobody can stop it. Nobody can make you believe God, but nobody can keep you from believing God. That means if you're willing to believe in the words of our Lord, all things are possible.
0: Hallelujah.
1: This word is true. What we do with it has everything to do with what it does for us. Oh, that's so good. When he was talking about the parable of the sower, Jesus says, Be careful what you're listening to, the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear will be the same measure of goodness that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Let me re- That's the that's amplified verse, but let me, re- let me quote it again. Be careful what you're listening to. The measure of thought and study you give to the word of God that you hear is the same measure of goodness that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. See, I changed it from the, the truth to the word of God because his word is truth. truth. Hallelujah. <clears throat> his word is the source of all truth. If anyone wants to tell you something and you want to know whether it's true or not, see if it's in line with this. Because this is the source of all truth. And there's truth in here that will affect and change your life if you get out of his way. If if you don't stop it from coming to pass. What we do with the truth has everything to do with the harvest we get from that truth. He's talking about sowing these seeds. And if how you receive this word has everything to do with the harvest that you have. Amen. How you receive the truth has everything to do with your healing. How you receive the truth has everything to do with your prosperity and your peace. Because Jesus said that my peace I leave with you. Not peace like the world has. we don't want that kind of peace. We want his peace. Well, peace is peace in the, regardless of whether you're in a storm or not. Peace that passes understanding. The peace, the shalom of God where nothing's missing and nothing is broken. His peace, that no matter what news people bring to you, it doesn't take you off your peace. That's so good. <clears throat> peace all the time. That's what he left with us. Well, brother, no, well, I don't have that. Well, you need to pick it up because it's yours. Well, where do I find it? We don't go there and look outside for peace like... a letters running down the street, just just say, Lord, I receive your peace. All the promises of God, Romans 4.16 says, all the promises of God, I'm quoting the Amplified because it's easier to understand than the King James, are the outcome of faith and depend entirely on faith. Receiving the promises of God are the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. If God gives us a promise and we don't operate in faith, we won't see it. Now, if it was not something we could do, God couldn't do that to us and say, well, you need to have faith, but you can't got no faith. I ain't giving you faith. No, faith. And in the 28 years that I've studied the word of God, particularly as it pertains to healing in our physical bodies, I've never found any way faith comes other than by the word of God. His words are faith-filled words. The angel said not one Word, not one promise from God is impossible to come to pass. Hallelujah. In other words, whatever God's promised you, it's not—it's impossible that it can't come to pass. It's possible that it won't come to pass, but it's impossible that it can't come to pass. In other words, if you do what God says, it'll come to pass. Amen. Period. <coughs> It's possible that you won't do what he said or you won't trust him for what he believes. Or what he's told you that we're called to believe. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for. Faith, that word hope, is don't think of it as wishful thinking. Oh, I wish it would rain tomorrow. Nobody wants it to rain tomorrow, but I'm, I'm, we think about hope as wishful thinking. And, and hope is not wishful thinking, scriptural speaking. Hope is an intense, joyful expectation of good. Now, how can we have an intense, joyful expectation of good? Because God said it. Amen. Because God promised it. Amen. And if he promised it, we know it'll come to pass. We expect, hallelujah! Now, I will say in the sweet by and by, you, all these promises will have manifested. But you know, notice Jesus never pushed any person to the sweet by and by to receive the promise of healing in their body. He said, no, you ought to have it right now. In fact, there was a woman in Luke 13 that was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. And I don't think she was humped over. It It says she was bowed together. I mean, her chest was probably against her knees, bowed together and couldn't lift herself up. And Jesus said, come here, woman. And everybody watched this woman get there whatever way she could. If she had to walk backwards, if she's been over that bad. And he told her something that seemed to be totally opposite of what everybody saw. He says, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Wow. wow. Somebody could raise their hand. Now, hold it, Jesus. Can't you see she's humping over? She's bowed together? It didn't make a difference what he saw. It made a difference what God said. Oh, that's so good. Come on. He said, Woman, why we look not at the things that are seen, Paul said, but the things which are unseen, because the things which are seen, they are temporal. If you can see it, it's subject to change. Temporal means it's subject to change. If you get your healing, guess what? And you're looking at it, it's subject to change. So if you receive your healing, don't look at your healing. Look at the Word of God. Keep your eyes on that which you can't see. It's not subject to change. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, there are eternal. God's Word is eternal. Hallelujah. We were saying it today, Jesus and his father, who were one, are the same yesterday and today and forever. If Jesus and God were healing yesterday, they're healing today Amen. and Amen. tomorrow. God revealed himself. He says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. And like, it's like like Superman, you know, like psh, revealed himself. Who he is. Like Clark Kent, like Cam Newton would do, like pull his shirt back and say, hey, I'm Superman. Well, And he wasn't, but... He's like revealing. When God revealed who he was, when he opened himself for us to see him, we saw him as he declaimed himself as our healer. And if that's in him, it's never, he doesn't change. If he was our healer, he's always going to be our healer. Hallelujah. He will be our healer when we don't need healing. Woo. In fact, the fact he's our healer would sustain us from ever anything ever bothering us again. Because Satan will be locked up eventually. Thank you, Lord. He said, Woman, you are, locked, you are loose from your infirmity. He declared the will, the kingdom of God over this woman's life, even though it was contrary to what they saw. We can declare truth in the face of adversity and lies, <clears throat> or we can agree with a lie, and we'll stay there. If whatever you agree with is what you'll receive. Whatever you believe, you receive. If you think, man, nothing ever works for me, guess, and that's what you say with your mouth, and that's what you believe in your heart, you know nothing really ever going to work for you very well. You say, man, I, never, I, I, I get prayed, I never get healed. <laughs> I would change that. I would cover my mouth the words out. I would begin to say what God said, even when it didn't even look like what God said is true. I mean, think about it. Somebody said one time, he said, you know, I, like, I said to Brother Hagin, I think, he said, I feel like I'm lying when I say these things. And they said, well, God said, well, how can you lie if you say what God says? Woo. If Woo. God doesn't lie and you say what God said, even though it's different than what you see, what's the lie? And if what you see is different than what God says, which one's the lie? Oh. <laughs> Not God. Oh. Not his word. Oh, that's a good word he said, by the stripes of Jesus, 1 Peter two twenty 24 said, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. You know, we don't have a problem with that these days in 2022. We know God healed us. And God delivers. God has saved. Excuse me. We believe that God has forgiven our sins. You go back 200 years, they didn't think they could get delivered from their sins. When they began to believe that God would completely cleanse their, their slate, they had a hard time believing it. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, and all those in his day all strived hard to get saved. Because they knew they had a past. And John, the revelator, says, if if we're faithful, if, if if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin, that you and I would be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Amen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't talk yourself out of it. Yeah, I know, but I I'm missing an old sinner saved by grace. I'm like I'm like I'm still an old sinner. Nah. You gotta see yourself different. That you used to be an old sinner, now you're not. You can't be an old sinner and saved by grace. You were an old sinner, but now you're a new creation in Christ. Don't drag your past into your future. And most of us don't let it go stuff and drag it everywhere we go. Oh, I don't know. I don't know God will heal me because you know I did these bad things once before. No, nah, He forgives us, Amen. He cleanses us. He says, "This I got three stories going on. One, this woman over here, I was telling you about uh, what God said. Let me finish this one about the woman. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He reached forth and laid hands on her and meet us. She was made straight and glorified God. Wow. The rule wow. of the synagogue said, hey, there are six days in which men ought to work. Not on the Sabbath day. Let somebody come on any day, but not the Sabbath. And Jesus says, you hypocrite. Don't you take your donkey or, or we'd say your cat and your dog out to eat, drink, take a walk on a Sabbath day. And not not this woman, listen to this, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound low these 18 years, she ought to be loosed this day. She ought not have to wait one more day. Why? Because she's a daughter of Abraham. Because she's a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be loosed. Galatians 3.29 says, and if you're Christ, then you're you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If that woman should be healed because she's a daughter of Abraham, then you and I should be healed because we belong to Christ. Amen. And we're Abraham's seed and heirs to the same promise that Jesus said this woman ought to be healed from. Whoa. Amen. Hallelujah. Now back over here, this one on the seed, time, and harvest. God said seed, time, and harvest will always remain. Devil's a dummy. He thinks I'm gonna get rid of Jesus and I'll get rid of it once and all. When he when he buried Jesus, that one seed, he gave birth to his church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. We have become like him, yielded to the Father. We can't be like him if we don't yield to the Father. We can't be like him if we make our own plans and our own destinies out for ourselves. We can't be like him if we make up our thoughts on what we think we need to do in ministry. Come on, We need to hear what he says Amen.
0: Amen.
1: and do what he says. Amen. <clears throat> Just so you know, if, if my pastor, your grandpastor, were to call me and say, Jimmy, I need help in my church. This is J.C. Hatch, Bishop Hatch in Winston-Salem, at St. Peter's. If he called me and said, our bathrooms are dirty would you come clean them? I would say, yes, sir. I wouldn't say, I'm not calling to that. I can say, I'm not calling to that because I'm a preacher. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't want to miss the opportunity that if God asked him to call me, I said no to God. Wow. I have to trust who I'm following, right? To, be, to hear from God. Let's say he says it and he, and he missed God. I didn't miss him because I did what he asked me. Well, if I'm not called to that, what difference does that make? If if there's a need, fill it. Amen. Jesus said, if you just take a cup of cold water, you did it to me. Give and it shall be given unto you. Give to the poor and he'll lend to the Lord. He doesn't say if you're rich, if you give to the poor. He says if you if if you give to the poor, what if you're poor yourself? That's one way out. Start giving. Hallelujah. I'm too poor to give. Well, you gonna stay poor? What if all I got is a pencil? Whatever, give it. Amen. Amen. We gotta be careful we don't miss God trying to tell us something. He is a healer. There's no question about it. Let me read another story to you. One day, this is Luke. If you want to follow along, Luke 5, beginning at verse 17. One day, many Jewish religious leaders, known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came from every village of Galilee throughout Judea and even from Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. Pharisees, Sadducees, ruler leaders, religious people, the next verse says, and the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. Amen. These people came into the presence of Jesus and in the presence of Jesus, they came into the presence of God. Anytime you have the presence of God, the presence to heal is present. Amen. When we ask God to join us here, he was here before we got here. He's everywhere, but we ask him to join us and be in our midst. You wouldn't go, God, can you heal today? No, I didn't break. I left healing at the right hand of my throne. I mean, I left it up there. I, I, I come back next time I break. No. He's always present to heal. Amen. If he's present to forgive, he's always present to heal. When the power of the Lord was present to heal, some men came to Jesus carrying a paralytic man on a stretcher. And they attempted to bring him past the crowd to send him in front of Jesus, but because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. They carried this guy for who knows how far. And the thought of not having to get him in front of Jesus, they, they had to carry the man back. They're like, we ain't carrying him back. We're coming. We've come this far. We're going to see him. You got to make up your mind. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to meet with God. Amen. I'm going to talk with God, and He's going to talk to me. Yes. If you have to sit in your office or your your place or where you study, that, that's where I go, or in my car, anywhere. That secret place is wherever I am. That He's there. Amen. So they crawled on the roof dug their way through the roof tiles and lowered the men, stretcher and all in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, your faith will be visible. Right? James says, I can tell your faith by what you do. A lot of people talk talking about they believe God, but they don't do nothing about it. If you believe God, you can't sit still. Amen. If, you can, if you believe God, you can't be uh, satisfied with where you are. I was thinking about this morning. I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with my walk with God. And I, I remember Smith Wigglesworth said, and this is his quote, I'm, the only thing I'm satisfied with in my walk with God is my dissatisfaction in my walk with God. I, I can walk better than I am. Amen. I'm striving to be like Jesus because I'm a disciple. You're a disciple of his if you've been born again or you're supposed to be a disciple. You weren't born again to, get, to come to church and sit in the pew. And just because I may be a pastor and a teacher, and there's apostles, prophets, and evangelists too, but their job is to raise up everybody in the body of Christ to go do the works of Jesus. Amen. To go do work in the ministry. Everybody. Even at the most earliest stage, we're called at least to the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, to go tell people, minister to the, those lost, that God has reconciled humanity back to Himself so they can come into this kingdom. It's, it's wide open to whoever wants to come in, but it's a narrow gate because you're going to have to let go of your stuff. You're going to have to declare that Jesus is now Lord of my life Amen. and believe that God raised him from the dead. Yes. That's not hard to believe to let go sometimes that's where we stumble. And I don't think you can hold on to your past and him be Lord of your life. He will work with you. But if you are sincerely declaring he's Lord of my life, you may stumble some more, but you're going to get it because your heart is pure towards him. And you have declared him Lord of your life. And if you see what he said in this word for you to do, go do it because he's amen. Lord. Amen. He says, what well, time Luke 6, what good does it do you to call me Lord if you don't listen to me? So if we're disciples of Christ, we discipline our lives to do whatever he tells us to do, whether we want to do it or not. Amen. Amen. Love your fellow man. I don't want to, but I'm gonna. Because he told me to. Because you're Lord. <coughs> I truly believe that if we sincerely make him Lord of our life, things will rapidly change. Amen. Amen. That's key.
0: That's the truth.
1: Amen. The truth. Right in the middle of the crowd, the Jewish leaders and the religious scholars whispered objections. Jesus said to this man, my friend, your sins are forgiven. They brought this paralyzed man through the roof, lowered him down right in the front, and Jesus goes, Your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders, man, they started talking among themselves, whispered objections among themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he's God? Yeah. But he knew he was Jesus of Nazareth, who was God, who took on flesh and lived as a man. He didn't live as God. After the baptism in the river Jordan, he lived as a man anointed with God where he's called you and I to be, to be a man or woman born again, baptized, raised up, filled with his spirit to go do his work. Amen. Amen. Disciples, Amen. just like Jesus, who was submitted to the father. You know, we were created in his image and in his likeness. Amen. We fell from that. God's restoring that. And we don't wait till we get to the sweet bye by. It starts now. Thank you, Jesus. Who can forgive the sins but God alone? Does this man think he's God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, how did he know their thoughts? God told him. Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he's God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think if it's blasphemy for me to say that your sins are forgiven? Let me ask you, which is easier to prove? When I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher and walk? Jesus turned to the paralytic man and said to him, To prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher and go home for you are healed. Did he say what I think he said? Yeah. Let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up and carry your stretcher and walk? In other words, your sins are forgiven or be healed. Which, which is easier for me to say? They're one and the same. <laughs> to prove that I am the Son of Man. I have the lawful authority to forgive sins. I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher and go home for you are healed. When he said, you are healed, the man was still crippled. Physically. But before the foundation of the earth, the man was set free. This man was healed because he was forgiven. And he was forgiven before the world was created. Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Read one more to you, then we're going to pray. We're taking communion today. It's the first Sunday of the month. Every first Sunday, we we take communion and we have healing service. Amen. And if you're watching online, you can welcome to join us here, or you can receive your healing there. There was a man. Just so you know, for those online, there was a centurion that came to Jesus in, in Jesus' day and he says, I have a son who's sick at home or a servant or a son. I'm not sure which one it was, but to him it was the same. Jesus says, then I'll come to your house. And the man says, nah, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Now you just speak the word because I, you're a man of authority and so am I. I'm, I tell this man, I'm a man of authority. I tell this man to go and he goes. I tell this man to do this and he does it. I tell this man that, and he, tell, he does what I tell him. No, Jesus... You just say the word and my servant will be made whole. You just say the word and my servant, 20 miles away or wherever he was, he'll be made whole. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, boys, I ain't seen faith like this. He didn't say in present Israel. He said, in all of Israel. Wow. That was a profound statement. He said, go home. Because of your faith, your son's healed. Amen. A woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, suffered many things and many physicians, done all she knew how to do, got no better, spent her money on physicians and got no better, got worse. But then she heard something. She heard about Jesus. Her life had not changed as she not heard the truth and how she received the truth had everything to do with what she walked in. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind because she said continually, if I touch him, I'll be whole. If I touch him, I'll be whole. If I touch him, I'll be whole. And as soon as she touched him as his garment, she was made whole. She felt in her body that she was healed. Jesus felt power go out of him. They didn't feel the same thing. Jesus felt power go out. She felt something leave. Mm. They both felt something leave. Wow, wow. And Jesus turned about and said, who touched me? And they said, who touched you? It's like walking through a bar. It was packed with people. Everybody's back, You got to keep checking your wallet, make sure nobody's taking it. (laughs) I used to be in the bar business. And we would go to each register and pull out big wads of cash stick in our pocket I have four pecks and I have to go to the office and put the money out and go get more. And every time I walk through the crowd, I'm going like this. Somebody's <laughs> going to touch me and they're going to try to take it. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. They said, Jesus, everybody's touching you know He I mean? No, no, he said, nah. Someone pulled power from me. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And the woman knowing in her said that she was here, she came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you Whole. Whole. Your faith from the truth that you hear, you heard, made you whole.
0: Made you whole. Hallelujah. And
1: Brother Hagen, who on the deathbed at sixteen years old, said if her faith would make her whole, then my faith would make my, me whole, he got him off that deathbed. Amen. And he walked for about a year still looking sick. Everybody thought he was gonna die any second. They used to call him pole bean, because he was so skinny. But he sat there, reading his Bible, he said it was so bad It'd take him five minutes to turn the page. And he's reading there reading Mark 5, the fifth chapter, where the story is. And he would come, to I guess it was a Methodist preacher, says, he said, ah, ah. He tried to point the book. And the pastor just put his hand on his head and said, that's all right, son. Pretty soon it'll all be over. Like, you're going to die. It'll all be over. And he would get discouraged, and the man would leave. And he'd get back, and another day or two later, he opened that book up and began to read it again. But that woman, he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. He said, if her faith will make her whole, then my faith will make me whole. Oh, hallelujah. And, it, and then they come again and tell him, yeah, pretty soon, son, you better make all the arrangements. you are going to make up your funeral, but pretty soon it'll all be over. Don't worry. He's trying to talk him out of it. You let this word come alive and you and don't let anyone talk you out of it. Amen. Amen. Don't take my word for it. I'm gonna do all I can to tell you the truth so you'll be free. But it's what you do with this, what everything. I, I can't sometimes my prayers can change you, but it's gonna be now when we curse cancer, we've been given the authority to tell mountains to move and they'll obey us and tell fig trees to die and whatever he's told us to do. He said he told he spoke to Jesus, spoke to fever in Peter's mother-in-law. He spoke to something that was not from God and said, get out. And he gave us the authority to cast out devils. Some of you online are probably wondering where Jesus said in Mark the 16th chapter, he said, Go to all the world, preach the gospel of every creature. He's talking to, and, and make disciples. That's you and me. Going to all the world, and preach the gospel of every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be damned. And these signs would follow them to believe. In my name will they cast out devils. Come on. Who's doing this? Believers. Woo. Who believe God and get baptized. Hallelujah. And Sherry, wants, Pastor Sherry, once we... Start building a church if anyone hasn't been baptized, we'll do a baptism service as soon as we need to. Because you need to be baptized. Do you have to be? No, I think you can be on your deathbed and accept Jesus Christ. Well, we didn't get him to the water. He's probably going to hell. No, God's not trying to get people to hell. He's trying to get them out of it. Come on, come on. We always seem to think the lowest common denominator. He's always thinking, I'm able to do far over and above all that you can dare ask, think, or pray. Hallelujah. The, the father that brought his son to Jesus and the, Jesus cast the devil out of the boy and father, he just said that the devil tries to kill him by throwing him in the water to drown him or throwing him in the fire to kill him. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. And Jesus said, if I can do anything, if you can believe, all things are possible. And when the boy saw the, the Jesus <clears throat> and the demon in that boy saw Jesus, he threw him on the ground and began to wallow and foam. <clears throat> and he said, how long has he been like this? Jesus saw people come and he went, Come out of him and enter no more into him. He cast the devil out of him, and it threw the boy so violently hard on the ground, they said, look, he's dead, he's dead. They went automatically to the very lowest common number, the, lack, the most least piece of faith they could have. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> he's not dead, get him up. Woo! Jay How Iris, you know, was go. the one that was talking to Jesus because Jesus had just come back from a cross. They got in the boat at night and they went across to the Madmen of Gadara's on the other side of the lake and they encounter a storm in the night. They wake Jesus up. Jesus, don't you care about to die? I ain't worried about dying. People said the other day to me, aren't oh, you worried about this storm? I, don't, I ain't worried about this storm coming through here. It can do damage, but we got to trust God. When are we going to quit running to fear and start running to God? Amen. Amen. When are we going to trust what he said? <clears throat> so Jairus, had come to Jesus. He, Jesus had gone over. The only thing I can tell he did was cast the devil out of the madman and go there. And said, to no, you stay. No, I don't want you to. I, I, you. He wanted to go with him. He said, no, no, you go tell people what happened. The first evangelist, right? Evangelist. <clears throat> he comes back across the lake to the other side, and there's a man, Jairus, looking for Jesus. And as soon as he sees Jesus, he comes and falls down before him, and begins to worship him. He says, Jesus, my daughter lies at the point of death, but if you can do anything, come to my house and heal her before she dies. Amen. And Jesus said, all right, let's go. And he was going with her. He was was going with Jairus to see his daughter when that woman came up and interrupted and asked for healing. When she was healed, they come up. As soon as Jesus finished with her, somebody came to Jairus and said, too late. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother him anymore. He said, and as soon as he heard it, how long did it take you? About as long as it takes for you to hear the words that come out of my mouth. Instantaneous. He said, don't be, don't be afraid. Only believe. You asked me to go. I said, yes. Stand firm. Don't let go of it. Amen. If you let go of it, if you get in fear, you'll lose it. God tells us so many times, do not fear. Why? Because it will take you away from the faith of God. Whoa, that's a good word. He says, don't be afraid, only believe. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Psh, be quiet. Jairus, don't say it. Before Jairus could say anything, Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. And he could have gone, well, you know, Jesus, what I asked you for first, it's too late now because I want you to get there before the point of death so she'd be healed and then live. And he went with him, and he put everybody out of the house. Sometimes you've got to get rid of those unbelievers around you. Sometimes you gotta get in your own closet and talk to God and listen to him and then move on what he says. Oh, it's cute. And he did. He went with him. Jesus gets there, and then he to put people out. See, she's not a dead, she's just And people there started laughing at him. And he went to her and said, Little daughter, I say, Arise. Telatha Kuma, which means a little darling, arise. And she got up. He said, Now fix her something to eat. Right up my alley. Amen. <laughs> well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to do what he said for us to do. These signs would follow believers in my name. We'll cast out devils. These signs, Jesus said, when you go preach the gospel in the truth, these signs would, and they get, believe and get baptized. These signs would follow believers in my name. We'll cast out devils. Believers. That's you and me. If you are a believer, you should be casting out devils. You should be speaking <laughs> new tongues. If you take up serpents, they won't hurt you. If you drink any dead thing, it won't kill you. <clears throat> and believers, and believers, will lay hands on the sick and shall recover. Amen. Amen. Or speak, or declare in the name of Jesus. You know when Peter and John went into the gate beautiful that day, there was a man crippled there. I don't know how long he'd been there. He probably Jesus had walked by him. Why didn't Jesus heal him? The father probably never told him to. He only did what he saw. He only did what his father told him to do. He only said what he heard the father say. He only went where the Father told him to go. Amen. They said, So, begging for money. Peter said, Silver and God, I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <clears throat> Lord, Believers would heal. Jesus said, Go preach the, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and cleanse lepers. We are believers. We believe his word. We trust his word and his truth. So we're going to do what he said, do. He's Lord of our life. If he's Lord of our life and we love him, we'll do what he said. Teach them to faithfully follow every command I've given you heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse them. It's not an option, it's not Christianity 201. It's basic Christianity. Amen. It's the basic truth. It's us operating and living and speaking and walking in his truth. Who do we think we are? Nothing without him. Come on. But with him, nothing's impossible. Woo. He lives in us and he does his miracles and powers through us. We are his body. Amen. He's the head. We're the body on the earth. And that which fills him, fills us. And in filling us, it fills him. So we're going to pray. And then we'll take communion. First, we'll pray for cancer. And if you need, if you want prayer and hands laid on you, then come down here on the front. If you have cancer in your body, or someone in your family has cancer, or someone that you know has cancer, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have cancer, someone in your family or somebody you know has cancer, stand to your feet. <clears throat> what we will do is speak to the cancer in your physical body. I have a list of names that I'm going to call out because I'm going to speak to the cancer in their body. When I tell you to, you call your name out because we'll speak to that cancer. And in addition to that, after that, we're going to pray for any sickness, any disease, any abnormality, any any uh, eye issues, speaking issues, brain issues, liver, sugar, blood, gastrointestinal, any muscular, any uh, skeletal, or whatever. If there's anything wrong, not only with your physical body, but you feel like you're held in bondage and captivity to some kind of something like uh, substance abuse or some kind of sexual perversion you want to be broken free from, God wants you to be free. They usually say this at Bible study, if you've got an ingrown toenail, stand up. That way you won't be standing up for something they think is crazy. <laughs> but if you want to be free, today's the way to be free. You ought not have to wait one more day. Amen. This woman ought to be loose because she belongs to Abraham this day. <clears throat> Amen. And if you're Christ, you ought not wait one more day. In fact, he never healed a Christian. Amen. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First we're going to deal with cancer, then we're going to deal with every other sickness and disease. Give me one second to find my list. Hallelujah. Jesus is our healer. Yes. And he told us to be healers too. We can't do that by ourselves, but we're not by ourselves the holy spirit lives in us christ lives in us god lives in us and we live in him amen he said if we believe in the works he did we would do greater works greater work. wow i just trust him i believe him peter said this be well balanced and always alert because your enemy the devil roams about incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong Vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of troubles that you endure. Stand against the devil. Sickness and disease, depression, oppression, addiction, whatever is from the devil. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more than more than enough. Healing is not life. Poverty is not life. Like he's talking, he's talking about abundant life. Amen. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority that's been given to us as members of his body, when we come into his kingdom, that's the true source of our authority that he's given us because we belong to him. And he says, now you go on my authority, make disciples, heal the sick. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we curse cancer in the physical bodies of the people's names that we call out right now. Now, if it's you or whoever you're standing for, call their name out. Margie, Adora, Ann, Susan, Gina, Phil, Steve, Olivia, Lee, Tony, Marcia, Thomas, Bob, and Billy, and your name. Cancer in these bodies, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to die Jesus said, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and believe what we say, we'll come to pass, we'll have what we say. So, cancer, we command you to die in Jesus' name. Now, cease and desist your maneuvers and come out of their bodies. Those here and those away that we're standing for, just like the centurion did for his son. If this cancer is demonic, not physiological, Jesus told us to cast out devils. So if that's the case, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you fell unclean spirits of cancer, we command you to loose them and let them go and come out of their body. Yes. Furthermore, if there's any cancer in our bodies that we don't know is there, unknown, undetected. We don't have to wait till it shows up in a bigger mass. We curse it now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, any cancer said within well, the sound of my voice, I command you to die. We do as a body command you to die in Jesus' name. If it's demonic, loose them and let them go. For all those that are also standing for other healings, now we're speaking to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to be healed from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet. I don't have to fully understand what it is you're going through, but you do and God does. And Jesus said for us to declare to you that you are healed from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet, every cell, every tissue, every fiber of your being be alive with the life of God. Every blood issue, every sugar issue, every gastrointestinal, every uh, cerebral, any kind of brain damage, any kind of uh, nervous system damage, any type of blood issues, any type of lung issues, anything to do with anything in our organs, our skin, our muscular system, whatever. And in depression, oppression, any, any kind of psychological disorders like bipolar, schizophrenia, those things don't bother God. He, he heals those. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that you have the mind of Christ. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah! And in the 23rd Psalm, God says, I will restore your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, not attached to your body or your brain." your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit, man, is born again by being born again with God. And I speak the healing power of God over you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, every cell, every tissue, every fiber of your being alive in the life of God. And Father, we thank you for your truth, for your goodness, and your grace. I'm going to lead you in one more prayer, then we're going to take communion. If today... You know you're not born again. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. There's no way you can go get it on your own. It's a free gift from God and you have to receive it by faith. Jesus' blood was shed for you and me that we'd be free. Yes. Jesus made, was made sin for us who knew no sin that you would not be made the righteousness of God in him. And the word of God says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then are you saved. Then he said, if you ask him, he would fill you with his Holy Spirit. First you cleanse the temple, then fill it. Too many people get cleansed and don't ever fill it. Sometimes the condition gets worse. Follow me in prayer and then we'll take communion. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, today I've heard your gospel truth. Today I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart that he raised Jesus from the dead. dead. And according to God's word, word, in my profession of faith, faith, in his word, word, I'm now saved. Now take my life life and do something with it. Father, you also said that that if I ask you, you you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask you now and I'll receive your Holy Spirit. To live, me, to live in me just like you did in Jesus. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, Hallelujah. <clears throat> now if you if you if you would be seated real quick and get the communion elements out. You might want to go sit down and get your communion. Amen. Well, you, just, you don't have to tell me. You just come get it. Jesus said, whenever we're gathered together in his name, do this to call him affectionate to remembrance of everything that he told us. He said this. He took bread and broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body that was broken for you. As often as you do this, do this to call me affectionately to remembrance of everything I said. <clears throat> Jesus, you said this is your body that was broken for us. On your body, you took stripes for our healing. And Father, we thank you. We believe you. We trust you. And we call to remembrance, to your remembrance, everything you said. You are our God. We are your people. We trust you. And we take this bread. Then he took the cup. Remember, he's sitting right before he goes to the cross. He's pretty calm. This is my body, this is my blood. In the sixth chapter of John, he says, my body and my blood. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. They didn't know what he was talking about because what he was talking about was cannibalism. It was totally far away from what, Children of Israel were called to do. In fact, it's an an abomination to God. He wasn't talking about his physical body. He's talking about his body of his his body on the earth, him and us with him, because we're one with him. He took the cup and held it up. Says, "This cup is my blood. It's the blood of the new covenant, the new covenant." That people have been talking about, but now we're walking into once my blood is shed, you enter into this covenant. Take it and drink it in this new covenant he's given us. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you, Jesus. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah.
1: Amen. Golly. What he's done for us. We we will spend eternity learning what he's done. And how good he is. How awesome God is. If you stood praying today for healing, do you know that God wanted it more than you do? So he did something about it. 2,000 years ago, but more specifically... Before the world was ever created, he declared Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the world was ever created, and we trust Him. Amen, amen. We're not trying to take something from God; we're receiving from what He freely gave us.
0: Oh, receive, receive!
1: Amen. God is good. You know He's really good, God. Yes, He is. He doesn't have any bad days. He glories in all that He's created. He, for God so loved the world, not just us, but this whole thing he created, and we're in it. But for God so loved all the world, he gave his only son. He loves this town. He loves his trees. He loves the grass in this city. He loves the cows in this state. He loves the birds. He loves the clouds. He loves the sky. He loves the dirt. He loves the lakes, the rivers, the seas, the fish in them. He yeah. loves it all. <clears throat> I read this book, and it talks about we'll look at a, an aquarium as two little fish, and then we just marveled at how awesome they are. And, and he's got seas full of them, and he glories in all of them. Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> what a fishbowl! <laughs> when we get with him, we 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 won't be dealing with these things and issues. We've been we'll be we'll just be growing and expanding with him in this in his universe he's created. And oh, wow. wow. if you could fly at the speed of light, you would probably can't get to the end of it it's got millions of light years ahead of you and it's still expanding it's still growing and galaxies are still being created Amen. Amen. and of all of that the psalmist says when i think about all your cosmic glory i gotta ask you this one thing why do you bother with puny mortal man and why are you infatuated with adam's son Do you know he's infatuated with you wow yeah i know brother no but but i've been back. yeah he fixed that before you got here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, if you Lord. accept it, <clears throat> the devil's trying to keep you in his camp, but God shed blood to get you in his. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Woo! Why are you infatuated with Adam's son? He's talking about the fallen Adam. Adam didn't have any sons until he fell, the sons came after the fall. Amen. Amen. After the fall. He's infatuated with us. He loves us. Jesus says, if you love me, my Father will love you. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh. And love is absence of all evil. When we get to heaven, we're not gonna we're not gonna be worried about nothing. There's no ATM machines, there's no shortage of cash, there's no shortage of anything. <laughs> we'll just be walking in peace. And expanding with him as co-laborers oh, oh, wow. forever wow. and we'll never get bored it'll never be less joyful than the moment we step in it wow. and it's just right here i mean we have access to it in faith into his kingdom and then do your work before you go don't leave it for somebody else you know if nobody in my house empties the dishwasher i gotta do it And there's people that God wants you to touch in your life to bring them into this kingdom. Every one of us has a calling from God. Don't have to tell nobody. Just go do it. Your gifts will make room for you. You don't have to make room for your gifts. Your gifts will make room for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his faith. Let I me mean just say this. <clears throat> As we come close to the things that God, we get zealous about doing things for God and it's easy for us to step out and do what he didn't ask us to do yet. And what's our desire? We, we want to do the, the greatest things we can for him. Guess where it starts? Being the least. Woo! That's not my calling, Brother Noble. we got to get this on. we got to get this right. There's a world that needs us out there that don't know him. And they're getting farther and farther away from him. And our light's going to get brighter and brighter. But we're going to have to be the glorious church. The ones that believes him and obeys him and walks in love. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you face to face and give you peace. There's not one person in this room or in the sound of my voice who God's not absolutely crazy about. He loves you. With everything in him, he loves you. hallelujah! Don't let the devil take it away from you. Don't listen to him. You know, he gets in my ear every Sunday morning. Shut up. Like a mosquito. The Lord bless you and keep you. Find out what he wants and go do it. Amen. Bless you and keep you, Lord. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance, face to face with you, and give you peace. I believe that when we're face to face with God, his peace is flooding us. Amen. Amen. Well, have an absolutely wonderful Sunday. Trust God, believe him, and go heal the sick. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you again for being our guest here on The Voice of Healing. When you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday morning service. Our website, restoringplace.org, has all the details on how to find us. While you're on our site, check out ways you can volunteer at the Dream Center. Need someone to answer questions about us or to pray with you 24-7? Call our prayer line at 704 Nine zero four nine zero two five.